So we'll go ahead and dismiss the BLAST uh, students and the BLAST workers. And the rest of us can continue worship this morning. So we have this new series we're doing called um, Next, and it's a, actually a study of the book of Joshua. And um, I, was, I was telling someone before the service today that this book has just unfolded as we've been studying it together in, in just uh, amazing ways. Um, and, uh, but this is always a time of year that we talk about doing the next things or, or, or what's coming next. And um, I don't know, how are you guys doing? Anybody make news resolution this year? Did I make them? I didn't make one. I didn't make it this year. I was still discouraged from last year's. You know, that didn't work. Oh, I was looking. There was some, some um, I love this for a couple of reasons. There was some folks uh, from Scranton University, or the University of Scranton, which I just love because I'm a fan of the office. And, uh, and, they, and they actually sat down. They looked at all these numbers, and I wanted to share them with you. This is actually real data from last year's New Year's resolutions. And I thought they were really interesting. This was published in a, a journal. It's official and everything. Um, the top 10 resolutions last year, not this year, we don't have that data yet, uh, was to lose weight, number one, uh, get organized, number two, spend less, save more, number three, enjoy my life to the fullest was number four. And this is interesting. Number five was stay healthy and fit. So if they weren't number one, lose weight, they were staying healthy and fit at number five. Um, learn something exciting or new. Sevens, quit smoking. Eight, love this, help others with their dreams. I've never heard anybody make that resolution before. It made the top 10. Number nine, to fall in love. That's, oh, you guys are so sweet. And 10, spend more time with family. Boy, just eking in the top 10, more time with the loved ones. So here's what's interesting. So uh, the, the people who always or often make resolutions, the percentage of the population is 62% of people. That's over half of the people in this country. That's everybody in a big pool. Over half make resolutions of some sort, um, if not every year, most years. And here's the kicker. People who are successful at achieving it, anybody guess the percentage? How, 10? You guys are pretty good. Eight. Eight percent. Less than one in 10. Less than one in 10. Here's my favorite Percentage who never succeed or fail every year. Anybody have a guess? <laughs> 50? Yeah, that's, that's a pessimist. Right? No. 25? I mean, I used to get funny somebody said that in a survey. I never, I never do it. You would think you'd say, dude, stop doing it then. That's actually my strategy. Just stop making those. All right, the length you keep resolution. Most people can keep it for the first week, 75%. A quarter is out right off the bat. Past two weeks, 71. But here's the one-month mark. The one-month mark, it drops below 50% are still keeping resolutions after a month. And, and uh, isn't that interesting? So there's a little bit of statistics. This is the time of year we talk about those things. And today I want to talk to you um, about, uh, from the book of Joshua, but about God's plan for strength training. Strength training is an interesting thing. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it at all. Um, I'm only moderately you know, familiar with it. I didn't grow up like a gym rat, you know, but I brought some stuff I was going to show you today because 
this is kind of what I see when we're looking at Joshua and as he begins to enter. You guys have seen this kind of gear before, right? And so um, it, it's interesting because we're going to stop at this very opening piece and we're going we're gonna to see Joshua, God speaking to Joshua, what's coming, right? And strength, I have a definition here, which is kind of funny, but strength training actually, here's the definition, the official, official, official. Listen to that rain outside. Wikipedia definition, here it is. It says, strength training is to use the resistance, to use the use of resistance to induce muscular contraction, which builds strength, anaerobic endurance, and the size of your skeletal muscles. That's a pretty fancy definition. It's like, it means you're going to face resistance, right? And when you do, this facing of resistance is going to build muscles. I actually saw somebody the other night on, look at this, isn't this thing pretty? I saw somebody the other night on TV, and they had developed this thing that you wrap around your legs. Now, ladies, oh, bear with me, because apparently you can wear this under your dress all the time. And if you do it right, hang on. Well, it's not going to work for me. But you see, apparently, if you do this, let me try it one more time here. If you do it just right, you can put this under your dress or skirt. I don't wear skirts or dresses, but if I did, this would be really attractive. And apparently, just wearing that all the time will do, I don't know, this guy's some about fibrous tissues. Do you, you, you know what this, Chris? It'll tear... You know, you guys are laughing, but I tell you what, I saw some one of those. There's like three of these like super sports things in Highland now, right? These young athletes and can get, and they do these. They put these resistance bands on their legs, and it, it builds muscle. It's doing nothing else. Boy, this is kind of awkward. It's doing, it does nothing else. I can't get this thing off now. Boy, you guys. I'm, I hope now you're laughing with me, not at me, right? Okay. So that's about, that was a great workout. <laughs> it's just creating resistance that's going to develop muscles, that's going to make us stronger. It says you're less prone to injury whenever you're exercising, which could be part of our problem with our basketball on Thursday nights. Um, strength training. Now, this is what's interesting about strength training. And again, I, wasn't, I wasn't, didn't grow up in the gym and all that stuff, but just thinking for a minute about what it means. Strength training... It's something you do before the game, right? I mean, the reason that those schools are so popular for these athletes is it's not because that stuff is fun when you do it. It's because when you do it, before you play, you're stronger. So when you actually get in the game, you perform better, right? I mean, this makes sense. Some, some people think that, that the strength training is the point. And maybe for some sports it is. You know, but, but for most sports where you're trying to achieve a goal together, it's only to build the muscles so when you're playing the game, when you're on the field, when you're on the court, you perform better. So it's basically something you do ahead of time. It's a precursor to actual performance in life. The second thing I want to tell you is that the real benefit of strength training is not known until you get in the game, right? So you can spend your whole life in the gym, and you could be doing all this stuff and saying, oh, yeah, I got stronger, you know, muscle, and I got, you know, my less likely to be injured. But if you never get in the game, you'd never know it. You'd never know it. Well, this morning, 
God gives us this model for strength training. And, and he does it at the very beginning of Joshua, which is fantastic. We know Joshua is this young leader that's being called out to lead the people of Israel. This historic, historic event. And he's been called up to the majors to do this. And so today, God shows us this principle in action. As we enter into the word, we're going to do what we always do. We're going to pray that God would divinely inspire his word and inspire us to understand it, right? So we can take not just knowledge, but we can apply it to our lives. That's the goal. So please pray with me if you would. Father, this morning we've come here into your house singing worship of how great you are and how strong your love is for us. And today, Father, as we enter into your word, I pray that we would have the, the tenacity to go with you. We'd have eyes to see and ears to hear. Father God, that you would just you know, bring your word through us. Let it do its work in us. Let us conform to your word and not ask your word to conform to our lifestyle. And Father, in everything we do, we want to glorify you. We pray that you would be made famous in this world among your people, that you'd be worshipped as you should be. And, and in this time, Father, we just give you our hearts and minds as best we can. Do your will among us today. May we glorify you more tomorrow because of the work in Christ's name. Amen. And so we're going to go ahead and we're going to look at um, Joshua 1. Right, and what's funny about this passage in Joshua is if you've if you've you've heard this before, even if you've never read Joshua, this is kind of the keystone. This is like the 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 point that most people really, you know, this is about all people spend in Joshua. This one verse here. Read with me. The word says, "Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous." Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. Because the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. This, this little passage is, you've heard it before, right? Be strong and courageous. Like, we teach kids this at VBS. I mean, I remember this, this song stuck in my head forever from when we sang this song with kids. Be strong and courageous. But I want to ask a question. What's, what's, is it like, did you notice the theme? It's kind of obvious, isn't it? Like, God says here in three verses, he says it three times. That's why people teach it. They're like, that's a big deal. God says over and over again, Joshua, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. And as a matter of fact, he doesn't just say it three times to Joshua. He says, he says it five times to Joshua. I, I want to remind you something real quick before we look at this next bit here. Joshua is no, like, wimpy guy. I mean, Joshua is a warrior. Joshua has been in the desert with the Israelites, and he's fought under Moses. That's the story I was telling you earlier when Moses had his hands in the air, and Joshua's on the field fighting the war. Joshua wasn't a coward. He, he, he was a believer in God's authority. He was a faithful follower. And yet, 
before Joshua enters into the promised land, leading Israel, God says three times in this one passage, Joshua, be strong and courageous. And I have to ask, why? God, what, what is it about Joshua that you're so concerned? Why would you tell him this over and over? And maybe it's just as importantly, why do you and I need to hear over and over from the Lord, be strong and courageous in this life? Be strong and courageous for what's coming next. You know, when God intervenes on a field behalf, it's to prepare them for the work ahead. He's setting the table. He's getting it ready. And so many times, like you and I might think it's for right now, but the truth is this is strength training from the Lord. Well, here's what's interesting, actually, you see. I've said three times that God says it, but actually God says five times to Joshua, be strong and courageous, that we have recorded in Scripture. Five different times he says it. I want you to look, with your, look at the word with me real quick. Verse 6, be strong and courageous, right? And then verse 7, be strong and very courageous. And then again in verse 9, this is now it's number 2, 3, have I not commanded you already, Joshua? Be strong and courageous, right? So three times here, but I want to show you another passage of Scripture. It's right in Deuteronomy, just before Joshua. And this is where Moses begins to get the word that he will not enter the promised land. And I want you to see here, looking at verse 23 in chapter 31. The Lord, Yahweh, gave this command to Joshua, son of Nun. Be strong and courageous, because you will bring the Israelites into the land that I promised them on oath, and I myself will be with you. I want you to see that here in Deuteronomy, the same promises that encapsulate us in the gospel encapsulate Joshua and his inheritance be strong and courageous because you will bring the Israelites into the land that I promised them. And I will be with you always, Joshua. Be strong and courageous. But if we actually flip back to the beginning, and I'm just going to read through this, a little bit of the history of Israel here, starting in verse 1 of chapter 31. This is what it says. The Lord went out and spoke these words to all of Israel. I am now 120 years old, and I am no longer able to lead you. The Lord, Yahweh, has said to me, you will not cross the Jordan. This is Moses. The Lord, your God himself, will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you, and you will take possession of the land. Joshua also will cross over ahead of you, just as the Lord has said. And Yahweh, the Lord, will do to them what he did to Cheyenne and Og, the kings of the Amorites, whom he destroyed along with their land. The Lord will deliver them to you, and you must do to them all that I have commanded you. Here it is. Six, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. Listen, he will never forsake you. This is Moses talking to all of Israel, Right? Now, I told you that he says it five times, and so far at four, where God told Joshua directly, be strong. Check it out. Then Moses called Joshua, verse 7, and said to him, in the presence of all of Israel, the people of God, here it is, be strong and courageous, Joshua. 
For you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their forefathers to give them. And you must divide it among them as an inheritance to them. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. And he will never leave you nor forsake you. So do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. And then after this word from Moses, the Lord says, Joshua, be strong and courageous. I wonder how many How many times this was said to Joshua that he was trying to take it in? When Moses says, I can't make it with you, but only be strong and courageous. And then the Lord starts to speak to Joshua directly and repetitively. Joshua, get ready. Joshua, get ready. I'm going to be with you. I'm going ahead of you. I'm behind you. Everywhere you go, everywhere your foot treads, I will grant to you. The truth is that it wasn't because Joshua was a failure. That's not the truth. And don't think today that if you are facing something and you're like, man, this is going to be hard, that it's your failure because you're looking at it honestly. Because Joshua had seen a lot of hard things, but the truth is this, that the Lord knew what was coming was going to take even more courage and more strength that he needed to gird himself to be ready for the battle. The truth is that when God is telling Joshua over and over again, be strong and courageous, he's saying there's something coming you must be ready for. And I can tell you this, sometimes in our life, when we face challenging things with the Lord, and we say, Lord, this is hard. I don't know, I don't know what you're doing here. This is, I'm all bound up. I, I, I just, it's resistance, isn't it? And you, start, you get used to walking around in that compressed state. And you, and, you, and you can begin to be despondent. But believe this. The Lord does not leave his people. He does not abandon his people. He does not forsake his people. And he is preparing us for the work we're about to do. That's the truth. All that binding and constriction, building those fibers is not just to, for that moment of suffering, but it's really to be ready that when the game day comes, you break out. Be strong and courageous, he says. As a matter of fact, the words that he uses here over and over again, I think it's important we understand what they mean. And the first thing is to be strong. We think of like strong, you know, like I'm going to lift this or I'm going to do this. I'm going to be strong for the Lord. But what he means to Joshua, his young leader, he says, buddy, you better hang on. That's what he says. Hang on to what? That's what it means. It means to grasp firmly, to hang on. You can see I have a problem with this right now, but, you know, he's like, you better get ready. You better hang on tight because I am moving. When he says be strong and courageous. Holding tight to the realities of the victories he's seen in the Lord's name. Joshua's the faithful guy. He sees it, but God says, hang on, Joshua. I'm about to move. That's the first thing is that it's this idea of being strong or, or hanging on or, or um, just being ready for what God's about to do. Grasping, be severe. I love that interpretation of that word. And the second is this, to be courageous, Right? And, and, and we, we think we know what courage looks like, don't we? I mean, we have heroes in our life, and we say, man, that dude is so courageous, you know? But sometimes we make a mistake, and we'll say, that guy is fearless. Now, you see, I, I'll tell you the truth. 
Fools can be fearless. Fools can walk around and be, have no sense at all. You see it all the time in our culture. People take risks, and they're way beyond their ability. It's a miracle of God that they're preserved, right? Any fool can be fearless, but that's not courage. Sometimes that's stupidity. The truth is that courage is, is having a right mind. That's what, when he says be strong, he means hang on, Joshua, and get your head right. Be observing. See what's coming. Be ready for the work. Be looking around. Keep your head up. Because courage isn't fearlessness. Courage is recognizing the challenge. Courage is looking at that and saying, this is going to be hard. This is bigger than me. I, I can't do this by myself. And then choosing to act anyway. Right? It's not an absence of fear. It's recognizing fear and then moving forward. Not, not in, you know, blind foolishness, but in faithful obedience. And I have to say something here, too, about Joshua and his journey, man. And you and I have better be listening to the Lord in our lives. Because if we know him as our Savior and our Lord, he is directing our path. And the Israelites have gotten this step wrong. They have been here before, on the brink of the promised land. And they were not listening well to what God was calling them to do. You can read about it in Exodus and in Deuteronomy. The story of how they got so close and yet, sinned against God. Be strong and courageous, he says. Keep your head in the game. Watch what's happening. You're afraid? That's okay. Take courage and believe that God will deliver his people. And there's a lot of ways in our lives, there's a lot of times that we can exercise these gifts. There's lots of little moments we can say, I'm going to choose to believe you, Lord. I, I see the danger, and I, but I believe you're calling me to this, and I'm going to walk forward in faith. That's a small step. That's a little band on your legs that you begin to build strength over time. You begin to develop those muscles that begin to guide us into a kingdom lifestyle. Fundamentally, Joshua's continued this mantra with God wasn't to do harm to Joshua. It was to build him up, to encourage him. And I was wondering, my question for this, this is verse uh, six right here. But the question is, what areas of your life could use some encouragement? You know? I think we all have them. What areas of your life could you just take the word from the Lord and he says, be strong and courageous in this? What roles has God given you? What relationships has God given you to where you can look into someone else's life and you can speak as Moses did to Joshua and say, be strong and courageous? God doesn't abandon his people. You can trust him with this. Yeah, it's dangerous. Yeah, it's a little scary. But you can move. You can move through this with the Lord. I, I believe that that's a, a word from Joshua today. This, this idea that we can take courage from God and that we can indeed overcome ourselves sometimes. I hope that you're able to do that for others and I hope that you're able to ask the Lord for that. Those areas where you need some encouragement, you need some direction. Well, the next thing I want you to see is in verse 7. We're back in Joshua, by the way, now. In verse 7. And it comes, 
there's kind of three major thoughts that he makes here. He says, you know, be strong because I will give you the land. I will take you in. And then the second thing he says is, um, be strong and very courageous and be careful to obey all that my service, servant Moses gave to you, right, the gift. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. And then you'll be prosperous and successful. See, the, the truth is that the word of God will guide you and I every day. Moses had just written down, you know, as a matter of fact, Joshua comes at the very end of the Pentateuch, right? Deuteronomy is the fifth book. And so he has this word from the Lord, and he says, don't forget this word. Don't forget what the word says. Matter of fact, if you look, it says in verse 7, do not turn from it to the right or to the left. It's this idea that God has laid out in his word this, this line that you can walk with him. And there's promises associated with it. Look what he says. If you don't turn from right or left, you will be successful wherever you go. <laughs> Isn't that kind of funny? I mean, you've got to think about this now. I'll get a little word picture here. But he's saying, if you, Lord, Joshua, you've seen this word laid out for you. You've seen the gift I've given you through Moses. You know, obey it. Stay on it. Don't, don't, don't veer off to the right or to the left. It sounds like this is kind of this narrow way, doesn't it? But he says that when you go forward, you will be prosperous everywhere you go if you walk the line, if you pay attention to the word of God in your life. And, and that's something that we don't like to hear anymore. We think, oh, we can just wander around, meander. You know, I, 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 I don't know what the Bible says. I, I can't tell you. And this is a tragedy. I want to talk to you about church. There are a lot of people in the church who are saying, why do you keep trying to live by that old book? Just stop trying to do that. It's so much easier. We're modern people. We don't need this ancient text. And we believe we've changed so much. But the truth is this. Why would God tell him that? Don't veer to the right or to the left, Joshua. Why would he tell him that? Because in Joshua's day, there was a tendency to veer from the right or the left. I mean, that's just the way it went. They're no different than we are. We think that they are, but they're not. Sinners, wanderers, and they, they just couldn't imagine, how can I do these things? He says, if you do this, you will be prosperous, successful wherever you go. By the way, I want to get one thing. I'm not, this is like prosperity gospel stuff. I want to tell you something. He means you will have the whole thing if you walk the word of God out. You will have the whole life. You will have the whole package. You'll be the real deal if you walk the line of the word of God. The word literally means you'll be whole. That's what success looks like, being a whole person, obedient to God, in line with his created order. This is what the word says. And then verse 8, do not let the book of law depart from your mouth, right? But meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. I love this because meditating on the word of God, it means to, to be roaring or to be grumbling. This is actually, the word picture is, it's like a lion that has prey, you know? And someone comes close to it and it's like, right? That's kind of creepy. That's the word picture, though. It's like, it's like you're zealous for the word of God, right? It's like you're, you have this appetite, and you're like, it's, it's mine. I, I want that. He says, meditate on it night and day. 
Be, be jealous over the word of God. It's a gift to you. How many of us just neglect it? We go, boy, my life's a mess, and we, but we have no idea what the word of God says. We, we're, let alone trying to walk that line. Like a prowling lion over its prey. It, it also means to, 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 to look at it, to play with it, to consider it, to be whimsical with God. I love scripture. You know this about me. And I love that, that you can do, you can ask questions to Scripture. You can say, that's crazy of Scripture. God won't be, that's crazy. God, what's that in there for? You can write question marks in your Bible. I don't know what that means. You can write exclamation marks. That's nuts. You can do, come back later and try to figure that one out. You know what I mean? You can go to your friends and go, do you read what's in here? You know how many people, how many of you give these Bibles to your kids? How many of you, how many of you have kids under eight that have a Bible in their, in their room? A few of you? Yeah? That's crazy. Do you know what's in here? I'm serious, but we believe that it's the right teaching for our children. I believe that if, if, if my daughter lays in her bed at night and reads the word of God and the Lord is enlightening her mind, there is nothing to fear. It's truth. The reality is that God gives us direction every day if we'd only listen. He says, keep it on your lips day and night so that you're careful to do everything written in it and look at the promises again here. And then you'll be prosperous and successful. Again, it means you'll be all and you'll be whole. You'll be everything. And, and, I, and it's funny because I talk about this. People go like, oh, man, you're one of those Bible thumping. Oh, you know what? I just think it's in the truth. I think it's the truth. Well, here's the, the question that goes with this. How can you integrate the Bible then into your daily life, right? Now, I got to tell you, because I'd be a hypocrite if I stepped and said, you need to do a morning devotional every day. It's like 5.30? What time do you do devotions? <laughs> Anybody? Do you, every morning? 5? 4.30? 5.30. Anybody beat that? Come on, holy rollers. Who are you? <laughs> this is your chance, baby. Be proud. Mike's going to call. The, he's going to be like, he's going to walk out here with a halo over his head. I, I, you know what, I think it's, I think it's uh, fantastic if that's the way you worship God. And I'm not saying that's fantastic, but you've got to find a way to get the Scripture into your life. You've got to find a way to, to adapt, adopt uh, your life, to, and ad adopt the Scriptures and adapt your life to it, right? And you can do this. I'm not saying that's the only way to do it. You can study it in the morning if that's your thing. I love to study at night, and you guys know that about me. I, I can... I can I can start reading scripture at 10 and just read scripture all night long. It's the craziest thing, you know. I love morsels of scripture. I love to take a little scripture and, and, and look at the context and then begin to ask God, what does that really mean? God, why did you tell Joshua three, four, five times to be, because he was a warrior God. What does that mean? How, how are you, what are you trying to do in the lives of your disciples? When you say, follow me, I, what, what does it mean that you die for the whole world and yet the world's rejecting you? You can, you can do things like you can put, I told you before, you can put little scripture things. You can do little things like remind yourself, you know, this bracelet right here is something that we gave away, but I love this little thing because it reminds me of the purity of Christ. It's a little thing, but it reminds me he's holy of holies. He's the almighty God. He's light and darkness. Find a way to integrate Scripture into your life. You cannot do it wrong. 
You cannot do it wrong. I think I told you this story before, but there was this man who was in prison, and they, they were, they, he was a, a prisoner of war, and they weren't allowed to have the, anything of their own. And he started finding scraps of, of Scripture that the guards have been using as toilet paper to be insulting to them. It'd be much like if we did that with the Quran, if we did things to defile the Quran to offend people, right? And what this guy did is beyond what I could have imagined because he was so hungry for the word of God that instead of being like, oh, how dare you do that? He went and dug the excrement-covered pages out of the trash cans and then he treasured every word. And he was a faithful witness to the almighty power of God because the guards couldn't understand why would you do that for a book for words how can you integrate it into your life each day a little thing a huge thing a family group coming in here on a Sunday morning preparing reading ahead asking questions of God this is stuff that is never wasted, and I can't encourage you enough to engage the word of God, and he will change your life. He will change your life. The last thing that I wanted to say from this, and it comes in verse 9, and look with me, and it says, Have I not commanded you, Joshua, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And this is a very to- topical, timely Thing for our culture. I believe it 100%. Be strong and courageous. The reality is that he, it's not only here does he say, be strong and courageous, but he says, don't be terrified and don't be discouraged. You know, we, we live at a time, and I, you know, we kind of grew up with this whenever we were kids too, of, of, but of real terror and also blind ignorance, hand in hand. But I remember whenever I was a kid, maybe you were like that, like, they used to have those, those drills, and you have to get under your desk at school in case there was a bomb. Not like a bomb like we think of like a bomber today, uh, but like a, a nuclear blast. They're like, hurry up, quick, get under the desk that has these skinny legs. And you know, you're under there. I mean, I remember that. I was, I was thinking, this is not going to work, <laughs> you know? They showed us the video of what the bomb looked like. This is not going to work. And you begin to live a life, man, where you're so scared. Oh, I don't fly anymore. It's too dangerous. To f- oh, I don't go to foreign countries. You know what's happening over there? I just checked the reports for that country. You see how much crime is happening? I don't go to those sections of town because, man, that's crazy. Those people will shoot you dead for a pair of sneakers. And we begin to circle up, man. We begin to draw it in. We're going to be safe, whatever the price. And God says, don't be terrified. Don't live your life terrified. The word means terror. It means to be, to be so shaken. That's what it means, to shake with fear and trembling. There are places in Scripture where it says we should shake with fear and trembling, but it's not before the world, and it's certainly not before some threat of man. The Lord alone reserves that place in our life. So we can be terrified and we can just circle up until we're useless in God's kingdom. Super safety, Christianity. The second thing that he tells us, don't be terrified, 
Don't be discouraged. Now, discouraged sounds like you take courage, so I'm like, oh, that's going to be an easy one, but the truth is it's bigger than that because it means having breakdowns. Just everything starts coming apart. It means to be shattered. And I want you to see that this comes, what's he say? Looking at verse 9, he says, don't be, have I not commanded you, don't be terrified, don't be discouraged, because the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Like, he's like, my presence drives out terror. My presence drives out those, that shattering that could happen in your life. Now, maybe you don't feel that way. Maybe you're already, you know, you're ready to go. You're like, Joshua, man, be strong and courageous. Like, I'm, I'm afraid. I'm ready to rock. But I'm telling you, in our culture right now, there are people this like fine glass, man. They're like this single pane, super thin. They're just like, if I have one more thing happen to me, I'm just going to come to pieces. And I gotta, I'm not making fun. I'm telling you, there are people. This is why we have a huge medication, this whole drug thing. And, and, and there's nothing, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm saying that that's what's happening. It's just like, I can't, I'm so fragile. I'm in such a fragile state. If one more thing happens and, and people begin to disintegrate, they begin to come to pieces. And we see evil break into our world. That's what happens. The reality, and I'm, I want you to walk this out a little bit, but the reality is that they have forgotten God's presence. That we have forgotten God's presence. Did you hear the songs we sang today, right? God is with us. And if you forget that in your life, you will, be, you will live this small life, and you'll live this fragile life, and you'll say, oh, I can't take much more. I'm going to break, Lord. He knows you. He made you. You've forgotten he is with you. He says, I will go with you. I have given you this promise, and I'm going to deliver you. And this last one was a hard one because I asked the question like this. How can you remind yourself that God is present? But you know the truth is that God is present, you know, don't be terrified. Don't be discouraged. Don't, don't believe. Don't believe the lie that one more thing and you'll be broken. You'll be completely undone. Because the God that we have gives us strength upon strength. The God of the cross, who bled and died for our sins, pours out his spirit and gives us strength upon strength. There is no limit to his ability or power in this world. I hope you can take comfort from that. I hope you take encouragement from that today. So as we, as we kind of wrap up our time, I just want to say that know this, that the battle is ahead and that the work that's being done to strengthen you is for the battle that we will face. As a matter of fact, our time together here on Sunday mornings, our goal on Sunday mornings is to worship God in all of his glory. And it's hard to do because we can't do it fully here. But to, 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 that you would go out into the world strengthened and prepared for what's coming next. That you wouldn't get out there and go, oh, you can't believe what happened on Tuesday. Because we can. That's why we're here. That's why we're encouraging you to do that. That you would know that the time you spend daily in, your, in the Word, in the Bible, studying, contemplating, thinking things through is a gift to you so that when you're out in the world, you have strength for the battle. 
And, and the last is this, that you would know that the time, and I hope your prayer time is becoming more and more. You know, one of the surest signs that we're, we're distancing ourselves from God is that we forget to pray. Oh, I just forgot to pray. It didn't even come to mind to pray. And I'm telling you that I'm guilty of that. And that's a sure sign that we are drawing ourselves away from Christ because the truth is that our time in prayer is a recognition that he is always with us. You can pray in the morning. You can pray before a meal. But I tell you what, you can pray in a crisis. You can pray in abundance. And that relationship is what will sustain you in the end. God is eternally present with us. And so I hope that you know that today. I hope you've been encouraged by the word. And I want you to, to just know again this great gospel that we celebrate, which is that Christ died once for all. And if that's a gift, that strength never stops. I hope you know that today. And um, I hope you're encouraged. Please pray with me if you would. Uh, Father, today, your, your followers who come before us have given us such a clear picture of what it looks like to be a faithful follower of yours. And Lord, we can put them up in some kind of like super holy category, like, man, they weren't like us at all. But God, you know they were just like us. And therefore, Father, we come to you today and we say, we got weaknesses. I mean, maybe today some things that we, we've talked about have just hit too close to home. You say, I've been living this reserved. Or I've been, you know, holding back on you, Father. I've, I've been afraid of what's coming next. Father, I pray that you would change that by your spirit today, not because we say so, but because your word says so. You never quit on your people. You never abandon us to ourselves. And Father, for the souls that need encouragement, I pray they would be encouraged today. I pray that if there are those in our lives we need to see and share the gospel with to know that they're not lost forever, if there are those who've believed but have forgotten and don't think that they matter to God, that we would be a witness, a recognition, a reminder to them that God dearly loves them and that he never quits on his people. And Father, for everything that's coming, and it sure as I'm standing here today, it's coming, Father, that we will inherit the heaven and the earth with you, that we will be with you face to face. We give you thanks and praise because that was done 100% by you on the cross. And Father, I thank you for that today. May you be glorified as your people worship. And may we know you more fully as we prepare for the work ahead. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.